Hello and welcome to another episode of Balls and Brew, the flagship sports podcast of the Morgan You Know Podcast Network. I'm your host, Rod Morgan. With me, as always, my co-host from North Carolina. There's actually an eight and a half hour documentary that exists of his time in the studio with the Kenosha Kickers. Big Polk band scene for Chris King back in the day. Chris King, hello. It's actually nine and a half hours. And hello, internet. Hey, Rod, how's it going? You can play that accordion like none other, my friend. Someone who can't play the accordion, but he can handicap a football game or two. Our guy from South Bend, Josh Williams. Josh, hello. What's up, Rod? What's going on? Uh, I want to give you props. Let's start here. We talked an awful lot about the college football playoff, how it would shake out last week. And uh, you kind of you kind of called it all, except uh, we didn't think Alabama was going to win. And as you put it so eloquently in our group text, Bama screws everybody all the time. Bama ruins it for everybody. Yeah, we said uh, Notre Dame would probably be on the outside looking in number five. Uh, what we did get wrong was we had Oklahoma, or I had Oklahoma State at four, but uh, it came down to the last play of the game. Pretty exciting game there, and uh, Baylor snuck it out. So, uh, yeah, Michigan, Cincy, uh, Bama, and Georgia make out the uh, the college football playoff. Chris, what did you uh, think to yourself when uh, Oklahoma State lost that game? Were you like me? Were you starting to get some some real some hope in the pit of your stomach? Like, oh my goodness! All right, come on, Hawkeyes! I was thinking, hey, we're halfway there because essentially we were. We just needed one other team to uh, win that we wanted to win, and of course, we can't have nice things. <laughs> we can't have nice things. That's great. That's great. All right, I want to let's let's start somewhere that we don't often start. Uh, instead of looking back to last week, we'll do that here in a second. This is actually a huge week for all of us out there that play fantasy football. This is likely your last regular season game this week, leading into what will be the start of the fantasy playoffs. And Mr. Williams, let's start here. Bye week in week fourteen. That's pretty odd. That's got to be messing with some fantasy rosters in an all important week, no? Yeah, man, it's killer if you have uh, Jonathan Taylor, if you have any of the Patriots running backs, they're off. Uh, If you've been fortunate to have like Devonta Smith for Philly or uh, Jalen Waddle for uh, for Miami, all those guys are off right now, and uh, those guys those teams are all pretty good teams. So this 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 whole schedule in Week 14, there's a lot of big spreads here. So yeah, it's uh just my advice is just. Just try and, uh, you know, listen to uh, or try to look into Twitter and see if there's any, uh, you know, breaking last last second news of of injuries and just try to keep try and keep ahead of the injuries, man, because every day it's like somebody's out with COVID or protocol or somebody tweaking ankle here. So just try and stay up on it as much as possible. That's that's all I can say, because there's a lot of different rules for a lot of different fantasy uh, leagues out there. Oh, yeah, Chris, absolutely. I mean, you're like me, right? Like, you figure out when the last possible time you can pick somebody up, right? And in most leagues, that's going to be a deadline at either 11 in the morning on Sunday morning, sometimes noon on Sunday, right, an hour before kickoff. And you've got to be picking up guys then, right, and looking at all the information you can before you pick up guys so you at least you have somebody on your bench in case you get somebody who's the last minute out? Um. So, yeah, typically what I do, if it's Sunday – and I'm I'm doing my last thing. I, I'm picking up a kicker or a defense, and I usually put two or three uh, bids in. So if one doesn't go through or I get outbid, I'll definitely get the second one. 
That's great um, advice because I believe you actually beat me in our fantasy league on one of those one week, and I ended up not having a defense or a kicker. It ultimately didn't kill me, but that happened to me, so that's great advice. Yeah, so always make sure you have a backup plan in place because if your first pick doesn't come through – uh, or you get outbid, or you were low on the waiver wire uh, list. Um, you could be stuck, like Rod said, without a kicker or a defense. Now, if I'm going position player, chances are I'm making that move on Sunday, or not Sunday, but Saturday. Uh, the dead unless- zone, as I like to call it, right? A lot of people not making pickups Saturday morning. You could sometimes snake a guy. Yep, yep. A lot of people go out Friday nights and don't wake up early enough or they got other stuff to do. So you can usually get sneak in and get guys that you want. Um, the only other time I go early is if I know that a guy is not going to be playing next week and I need his backup. You got to go early on those. Mr. Williams, let me ask you about a strategy that I've employed a time or two before, and I wonder what you think of it, and maybe this might be the week to pull it out. What I've done before is playing off a little bit of what Chris said there. He picks up a defense and a kicker on Sunday because a lot of times, like, sure, you need points out of those positions, but let's be honest, it's not going to make or break it an awful lot. So what I'll do sometimes is I'll roster extra bench guys just to keep up with the news all throughout the week, right? Meaning I don't even have a kicker or a defense on my team until Sunday morning when I then will cut loose a couple of guys that I determine I'm not going to play. What do you think of that strategy? Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. That's cool. That's, also, there's like, a, there's like a strategy even past that where uh, you can – depending on who plays on Monday night and and where you're at for your you know f- for your matchup if you don't want to drop a guy like if you love your bench uh you might be able to get by like without a kicker or without a defense up until that point uh you just have to keep an open spot there and then if you do need them then you go ahead and pick up that kicker on Monday night or that defense on Monday night uh you know, hopefully they're not terrible, but that's also another strategy where if you really want to uh, rack up, you know, try and stash as many, like maybe as many uh, uh, handcuff running backs as you can or whatever on your bench and, and you don't want to drop anybody, that's another different strategy out there. All right, so let's go. Let's go here. Both of you guys I know play a lot of fantasy. You guys dig into the stats a little bit with fantasy the same way you do when you guys are handicapping the games. That's why I have you on here talking about these things. Give a couple of a couple of situations, maybe not a specific name, but a couple of things that you think are going to loom large over these next three weeks, which are going to be huge in fantasy football. Chris, let's start with you. What's something you think people need to be pay attention to that, hey, this may end up winning or losing your fantasy league? Okay, so a couple things you got to pay attention to, um, and something that I do especially on my, you know, my wide receiver two, wide receiver three, or my RB two, or my flex, you got to pay attention to the defensive ranking against that skill set, whether it be running backs, receiving, passing. Pay attention to those defenses ranks against that. You, that's going to make your break. You're still going to play your studs. But you need those second, third guys to really perform if you plan on winning. That's really good advice, man, because that's one of those kind of things when you, you've got your two guys playing receiver and you got your two guys playing running back that you know are your studs. You're looking to get points out of these guys. And then you got a couple of dudes on your bench that you're trying to make the decision between to be your wide receiver three or maybe running back three, whichever it may be, depending on your league. And that's, that's a really great call. That's something I don't do enough of. Mr. Williams, I know something you wanted to talk a little bit about is how just the team's schedule can then factor in huge for you in fantasy down the stretch. Yep, and I know I'm not supposed to talk about this team, but man, do they have a killer schedule 
in in your favor if you have anybody on that team, that team out in Santa Clara. Listen to this uh, fantasy schedule, week 15, 16, and 17, where most people are playing their fantasy playoffs. The Niners versus Atlanta, they're trash. At Tennessee, they haven't been good, you know, for – bits and parts of, of this uh, of this fantasy season this year on defense. And then Week 17 Super Bowl versus the Houston Texans. Man, if you've got Kittle or maybe Eli Mitchell or Debo, those guys should smash. Maybe Eli Mitchell is uh, – maybe the concussion is a little bit worse. I went out and picked up uh, Michael Hasty in my league. That's that's kind of a deep cut there. Maybe Jeff Wilson's still out there for you. Um so, yeah, just looking at the schedules, too. Here's another possible deep cut. Week 16, the semifinals. Uh, we got Tampa Bay at Carolina. Carolina just fired their OC, and now they promoted the running backs coach. We know that Christian McCaffrey's out uh, for the rest of the year. It's tough to run against uh, Tampa. But remember, we saw Miles Gaskins uh, versus Tampa, that Miami game. He caught, like, two wheel route uh, little patterns for touchdowns versus Tampa. Tampa really struggles defending uh, running back uh, uh, that running backs that catch the ball out of the backfield. A super sneaky pickup right now is Amir Abdullah, uh, the backup running back for Carolina. And I don't really know if he's even a backup to Chuba, but uh, he's the pass catching back there. So if you're lucky enough to make it to uh, that far, he's kind of a uh, super like sneaky uh, like dart throw there. I like that because you know what it comes down to. I mean, there's there's random names that have won fantasy playoffs many times before, but let's not focus on the random names anymore. Let's see if we can try to close here. Is there a clear-cut fantasy MVP in your eyes so far through 13 weeks, Mr. King? I think it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. If you go to ESPN Standard Scoring League, he is averaging 21.3 points per game. He has 277 points total for the uh, the, the season. And that is <laughs> well above other running backs. I mean, he already has surpassed whatever Derrick Henry was going to probably be able to do. I mean, maybe Henry, if he would have stayed healthy, he could be the MVP. But it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Mr. Williams, I think Taylor's definitely a good case. Is there anybody else we could maybe be thinking about here? Yeah, you can make a case for average draft position since Taylor went kind of late first, early second. I was hoping to get him at the 16th pick in my draft. He went 14th to our uh, friend Corey Nance, who's a guest uh, pod on this guest guest potter on here. Uh, I I would I would throw out Cooper Cup. I was able to get him maybe like round five or six. And he's been tearing it up. My thought on that process was Cam Akers was out for the year and Stafford coming in had to learn a whole new offense. His safety blanket I thought was going to be Cooper Cup. Now, I didn't think he was going to have this good a year, but I thought he was going to have a really good year. So I would I would throw in Cooper Cup, but, man, you can't argue against Jonathan Taylor. He's uh, Man, he's just been unbelievable this year. All right, well, I want to nominate Fantasy Bust and see if you guys agree with me. Can we name uh, Kyle Pitts, the tight end for the Atlanta Falcons, Fantasy Bust? I mean, my goodness, that guy was going in top two rounds, I would think, maybe even top three rounds at time. Well, probably not the first round, but he was probably second or third tight end taken, and I don't believe that the uh, production is, has quite warranted how much money I had to pay for him in an auction and where some people drafted him, I bet, Mr. Williams. No, I disagree. I disagree because I have him on my team, and – 
he's still a top 10 tight end and the rest of the tight end position stinks this year. There's no doubt that tight end is way down. I'll give you that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't consider that Kyle Pitts fault. Um, I consider that, you know, Calvin Ridley leaving in the middle of the year and they just don't have anybody. Everybody's been doubling pits. I mean, that's the whole strategy for every opposing team. They just double pits, except for the Jets. The, the Jets weren't smart enough to figure that out when they went over to London. But everybody else just doubles pits. And that's why Cordell Patterson has had such a great year. But, I mean, even Pitts has been a, had a terrible year, really, and he's still a top-10 tight end. So, All right, well, uh, who's the yeah. bust then? Is, are we Baker Mayfield, maybe? Was he drafted higher than he should have? He hasn't produced? Are we talking uh, – Are we talking? Who, who do you think? Russell Wilson. Russ yeah, is a good candidate. That's injury. Um, yeah, if you're going but, injury, McCaffrey's up there. I mean, I'm just saying, like, he hasn't looked good since coming. he came back. Could we even go Josh Allen? I mean, some people thought Josh Allen was going to end up putting up a Patrick Mahomes kind of scoring season, and he certainly is not doing that. I mean, he started off the, the year well, though. Like, he, he started off the year real well, but the last, what, five, six weeks, not so well. Not so well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, we talked about a rookie Kyle Pitts there. We, uh, we had a rookie quarterback, the fifth quarterback taken in the draft last year, throw three passes on a Monday night football game. And Mr. Williams, let's just start there. If I told you that happened for a team, would you predict win or loss? Well, it depends. It depends on who's coaching. I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here because I'm talking to two Colts fans, but I got to ask you guys. Is that a top five Belichick coaching performance of all time? Oh, I mean, it's it's so hard for me to pick any other game, not a Colt game where he just ripped my heart out. So, I mean, again, like you said, just that's such a biased audience. But, I mean, I think you got to – you got to go a couple of the Super Bowls, right? I mean, a couple of those Belichick Super Bowls have to go down to some of his masterful coach games. But, yeah, that's that was some serious Belichick in that game. Yeah, I mean – go ahead, Chris. My question is – I thought it was pretty obvious that all you wanted to do was run the ball. <laughs> I couldn't believe that Buffalo kept trying to pass it. Well, they had 10-man fronts, though. I mean, what else did you want them to do on defense? I mean, New England's still running on a 10-man front. Yeah, I know. That was the type of game it was going to be. You got 40-mile-an-hour crosswinds. You're not going to be able to throw accurately. I don't know, man. I'm going to stick up for my boy Josh. A couple of times, he threw a ball on the line. A couple of times in that game, like he's such a strong arm, like he was throwing against the wind. A couple of times, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not going to completely put it on that. Sure, the Bills should have run more, but it's got. You got to have some toughness. You're at your home stadium. That's Bills football, and you got punched in the mouth. That's why you run the ball and you punch them in the mouth back. You don't throw the ball 30 times in that situation. They can't run. What do you want them to give it to Moss, to Singletary? They can't run the football. Mr. Williams, back me up here. <laughs> I just thought it was uh, I just thought it was odd. Belichick's wearing the Navy uh, COVID mask before the game, man. It was like, was he trolling everybody? Like, uh, when Buffalo had the wind to their back, they didn't play with tempo. That was wrong. Uh, you didn't have any RPO runs for Allen. I thought that was surprising. And it was just like a soft, modern spread team versus like a throwback 1940s who were going to run the single-wing offense the entire game team. And I just love the two clashes of, of different polar uh, opposite offenses in a like a crazy wind element game. Uh, you know, just they couldn't stop New England's run game. It didn't even matter, you know, how many were in the box. Up in the box, Belichick's like, we're just going to run it down your throats and, and you're going to take it. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's what Belichick does, you know. And the uh, the Colts, they're gonna they're gonna fall prey to uh, Belichick here in a couple of weeks, and uh, and a a Belichick disciple who uh, is gonna come up in one of Chris's prop bets, uh, who uh, took out my Colts last week because of course he did, right? Tom Brady beats the Colts all the time, so why in the world wouldn't Tom Brady beat the Colts? So you know, once again, rah rah rah. No, not that week. The couple weeks back, excuse me. Colts beat the Texans last week. That's how nondescript that Colts Texans game was. I forgot. They even played it. How about that, Mr. Williams? That's that's my thought on last week. I literally forgot the Colts played a football game versus the Texans. How about that? Hey, they took care of business, though, and uh, both teams coming off buys next week. I can't wait next week's pod to talk about this game, man. This, whoo, baby, it's going to be a good one. Well, good if you want to hear me whine and moan and complain and all of the above because you know what? i'm just going to do this now i'm just going to do this now so of course brady beat the colts because he always beat the colts and of course belichick is going to beat the colts so i mean is peyton manning the quarterback for the colts are we in some sort of time vortex i mean when in the world are my beloved indianapolis colts going to be able to solve the puzzle that is bill belichick or tom Brady. I mean, Brady's in another conference and he's still messing up our playoff chances, man. Tom, Bill Belichick has a rookie quarterback and he's still messing us up. It's just, it's out of control, Chris. I can't take much more of Brady or Belichick beating us. How about you? I mean, you really, I, I'm with you. I don't like losing to either one of them, but you got to root for Tampa Bay this week because you need the Bills to lose if you still want the Colts to make it in the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't think the Bills are going to fall back far enough to still be in the muck with the Colts, are they, Mr. Williams? Is that I mean, are they going to fall back that far? They're already I mean, there. Bills, Bills still have to play at Tampa this week. They still have another game at New England. And they have a tricky game against Carolina. So, um, I mean, I, it's not a given that Buffalo makes, <laughs> makes, the, uh, makes the playoffs. Plus, they, they lose the tiebreaker on the Colts. Yeah, if they lose this game, they have the same exact record as the Colts. Same way with Cincinnati. Like if Cincinnati loses this week, they got the same exact record as the Colts. I just don't like the Colts' chances in, in, in that Patriots game, and that's just gonna that's just that to put us right at five hundred. But I guess if everybody else keeps losing, like we've talked about in the AFC, man, mediocrity. Or is it that everybody's just pretty good? Which is it? You know what I mean? Is it the Chiefs are rounded into form after a rough start, and they're actually the cream of the crop? Or is it that New England's this good, Mr. Williams? Come on, sort the AFC out for us now. We're thirteen weeks in. <laughs> Oh man, I I just I'm so pumped for that game next week. I know that you you probably think that the Patriots are going to be favored by like double digits, but that look well, ahead be favored by double digits. It'll be four and a half. Now that look ahead, you know, you want me to tell you what the look ahead line is? Tell me. Patriots minus one. What? And That's I, insane. I I think it I think it should be Colts minus one. That's insane. Who in the world thinks that the Colts are going to beat Bill Belichick with Carson Wentz at quarterback? Who in the world thinks that? Show me that guy, and I'm going to sell him some oceanfront property in Arizona. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I was gonna, I was gonna, you know, wait for next week for this, but I, I think it could be a preview of the AFC Championship. I really do. What? I, I dude, the Colts are freaking good, man. I don't, I don't know what I can keep tell you. Keep handing more the about. ball off to Jonathan Taylor, and yeah. you will keep winning games. Yeah, they are good. <sighs> okay, all right. Listen, uh, you know what? Then, if the Colts are so good, they've been this good the whole entire year with me talking them down the entire time of this podcast. So we might as well keep that mojo going because I just don't see it. Like I understand that there's talent on the team, 
but I just, they're too close to my heart, I guess. And I just, I see the mistake right around the corner every time that then just cripples the, that just cripples the team and in the game. Let's be honest, Rod. The one thing that you love to do more than anything else is really hate the teams that you love. I suppose it is a bit of my lifeblood and that's, and that's what it is. But you know what? I'm going to stop hating the team that I love and I'm going to hate the team that you love a little bit later, but we'll get there. Let's, let's start officially with picks for week 14. Mr. Williams, what did you go last week? I went two and one last week and then, uh, won the outright upset pick of the week also. So decent week. There we go. So we're back above 500. So we're rolling here as we're approaching the playoffs. What do you got for your first pick? You're taking us to a, a, a classic AFC North game. Yeah, this was one of the best games last year. If you remember the the Browns and Ravens on a Monday night it was a pretty unbelievable game. But uh, th- these two these two teams played a couple weeks ago, and it was a pretty terrible game. So. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens this week. I'm going to take Cleveland minus two and a half. You can find that on FanDuel minus 110. A lot of stuff here. Stefanski is nine and one straight up following a loss. Uh, there's no Marlon Humphrey for Baltimore in this game, which is huge. The Browns are coming off a bye. The Ravens are coming off a physical, like emotional close loss on the road versus their arch rivals and the Steelers. And I think that uh, the Ravens stacked the box this last game against uh, the Browns. I think uh, Stefanski makes adjustments uh, and passes the ball a little bit more here. Baker with play action, his rating is 23 points higher. And in the last meeting, the Browns on first down, when they threw the ball, they averaged 7.2 yards. When they ran the ball, they only averaged 1.7. And since week, uh, since week seven, the Ravens are 28th in EPA pass defense. All five of their corners were limited in practice this week. That was kind of the one of the big reasons why the Ravens went for two on that last play of the game. Uh, I, I'm i usually for analytics. I really didn't agree with that call. Um, but uh, I loved it. Loved it, Harbaugh. Go for it every <laughs> time, man. Stop putting the game in these kickers' feet and let's win some football elsewise. Yeah, but you, you got the best kicker in the NFL history on your team too. So, um, But I, I'm usually for the, the better team – you know, taking taking it into overtime. I thought the Ravens were the better team, but but you know the Ravens are an analytical team, so I can't can't really knock them too much there. Uh, remember, this Browns coaching staff has had three weeks to prepare for this Ravens game. This is a w- super weird, quirky ske- scheduling uh, that the NFL did. The Browns played at the Ravens uh, two weeks ago, then they had a bye last week, and now they're playing the Ravens again. So that's a huge advantage for Cleveland. Um, uh, Baltimore gives up more than 10 yards per catch to running backs. There's been rumors out of Cleveland that they could use both Chubb and Hunt on the field at the same time uh, as some of the Browns' tight ends. Nice. Are, That's are, some real Madden stuff right there, man. Two yeah. running back and you sub in your second running back that you paid a bunch of, you know, or manipulated through I, trades or whatnot, and you got two superstars back there. That's great stuff. Yeah, I hope they do it because the Browns' tight ends are, are a bit banged up right now. Uh, Njoku. And Harrison Bryant. So, and you got two, of the, like you said, you got two of the best running backs in the league. So, might as well put them back there at the same time. Um, and if you look since week seven, if you look at a certain metric that merges uh, EPA per play plus completion percentage above expectation, Lamar has been the second worst in the league in that category, ahead of only Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 conversation about Lamar has definitely shifted, right? We were we were singing Lamar's praises earlier this year on this very podcast after his performance versus the Colts, and he has certainly not played that well as as things have stretched on. So 
I think this is going to be a good game. There's a lot of bad games out there in the NFL this week, so this is actually going to be a good game. So, And it might be on locally here, considering Cleveland pops up in the local market every once in a while. So maybe I'll be able to catch that one. Yeah, with the Colts off, this should be uh, – I would think it would be on local. Um, yeah, Lamar hasn't been good against versus the Blitz this year either. He's actually had more picks than touchdowns versus the Blitz. Ravens That's not going to win you a whole lot of games. No, nah, no. Nah, Ravens 29th in offensive line yards. And they, and they've actually had the fourth easiest schedule of run defenses. Um, yeah, twenty nine percent more of the money is on the Browns compared to the tickets written for this game. So yeah, I'll take I'll take Cleveland minus two and a half here. All the signs point towards them. All right, well, uh, Mr. King, there was a, there was a lot of different stats in there, and I know you're a stat monster, and you got a prop off of this game. So I'm interested to see which one of those you're feeding on. So he actually led into some of the stuff that I what makes me think this is going to be an actually high scoring game I don't think that Baltimore is going to be able to slow down Cleveland and I don't believe in Cleveland's deep enough, defense enough to to really slow down Baltimore so I see a lot of points I see a lot of scoring I see a lot of passing and I see Lamar Jackson getting back on top. Because I, you can get the over of two hundred and thirty point five pass yards minus one twenty at Bet MGM. I think that's easy money. Wow, yeah, that, I do. That does strike me as a little low. But if we get into another, you know, knockdown, just physical war like these teams often have, sometimes you know that might be tough to get. So there you go. That's a. I like that. That's a lot of information about that game. And like you said, with the Colts being off, I have a feeling a lot of folks in Indiana may be checking that one out. Let's go to a, a game that I bet is Mister King's local game and that's what you have for your uh second pick isn't it mr williams yeah i got uh atlanta and carolina uh we're gonna go under 21 in the first half here we uh i think we're three and oh on going under first halves this year and i actually think this was one of them like like five weeks ago uh we mentioned it earlier matt rule came out and fired uh joe brady offensive coordinator i i honestly was shocked with that i think that's a bad move uh, I think he'll have a job pretty quickly here. Um, uh, but who who does he hire? He hires Jeff Nixon, the running backs coach, and his old buddy from Baylor. Carolina's going to run the ball here. It's pretty obvious. It's going to be a ground-and-pound game. Uh, last, last time they played Carolina, again, they shadowed Pitts, and it worked. Uh, Carolina can get pressure. Uh, both of these teams play kind of at a middling pace. Uh, like I said before, no CMC. I don't know about you, but double-digit handoffs to Chuba Hubbard in the first half smells like an under to me. But that smells like fantasy gold for somebody who was smart enough to pick up Chuba Hubbard this week. <laughs> Carolina coming off the bye. Uh, you've got Matt Ryan playing outdoors. He tends to not play that great outdoors, uh, especially in December. Uh, Carolina top two pressure rate. Um and the first time these get these two teams matched up, Matt Ryan had 20 completions for 146 yards. So he's really not throwing the ball down the field. That's a lot of short completions that runs the clock. So I like the first so You're half. saying, now listen, I, I came yeah. around on the Bolo tie, but what you're telling me here is that Matt Ryan is starting to look a little bit like <laughs> late career Bolo tie. Huh? Is that what you're telling me? Not really able to get yeah. the ball down the field? Yeah, that's what, it's, that, that's what it's been like so far in Atlanta. Atlanta's... Man, they've just been a, a complete disaster. You asked like who the, who the biggest fantasy disappointment was this year. Who the biggest NFL team uh, disappointment has been this year? Uh, Atlanta's got to be up there. 
Absolutely. And listen, Calvin Ridley, if you listen to this podcast and bless you, if you do, yeah, I hope you are well and things are going good with whatever situation you need to take care of. But that's a bit of a fantasy bust right there too. Anybody who had him, he's been gone for quite a few weeks. Yeah. I also got two more quick things here. It's kind of weird. Uh, since 2003, divisional unders at 1 p.m. after week 10, so excluding the last week of the year when starters uh, rest, they're 227, 142, and 8. That's a 62% winning clip. And then divisional unders outdoors, 159, 92, and 6. That's a 63% winning clip. The reason I took the first half under – there's always some feels like there's always some shenanigans with Falcons games late. So um, <laughs> I'll take, I'll stick with the first half under here. Mr. King, how excited are you to watch that in your local market this weekend? I would slam the unders on all of this game there. I almost took uh, Atlanta under 20 and a half total points. Uh, I don't think they get more than 16 maybe uh, at most. So it's it's going to be a slow, drawn-out game. You know Carolina's going to run the ball, like William said. So, yeah, slam those unders. All right, well, we talked an awful lot about the Bills before, so let's not belabor this, but let's get your uh, second uh, prop out of the uh, way here, Mr. King, because I know it involves the Bills versus uh, Tom Brady, who I also spent a little bit of time on. Yeah, so I thought this was a little bit crazy. We've been talking about Josh Allen not being – not playing so well lately. He's going to uh, have definitely better conditions this time around um, than he did last week. So if he does throw it 30 or more times, he should be able to complete more passes. But I'm still going to take the under of 291 and a half passing yards. That's minus How dare you? How dare you? I feel like this is some fantasy chicanery on your part because you need me to lose in our league and it will help you. And that's my quarterback. So you're putting some mojo out here, aren't you? Oh, I don't know. Listen, I'm not doing well in my props, so I would fade these bets anyway. So it's probably looking good for you if I'm taking the under. All right, I'll take that. Mr. Williams, I'm excited that you are bringing up a team. Oh, do you got something else on this? Go ahead. Yeah, Tampa Bay blitzes at a league-high 39% rate. Surprisingly, Josh Allen outside the top 25 in completion rate and yards per pass attempt when he's blitzed this year. Really? I'm surprised by that because you think of him as a tough guy who can shrug things off and a guy who can move a little bit. I'm surprised to hear that. Yeah, plus you got emotional short rest for Buffalo also. Um, But – there is some late money coming in on 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 the on the bills here, so I I've, I was kind of torn on that game, but yeah, it should be interesting. I don't know if if Buffalo's going to be able to run the ball that much on Tampa, so that's the only concern with with that one. I'm going to say Buffalo's not going to be able to run the football because they've not been able to run the football this entire year, and nobody in fantasy wants any part of any Bills running back. And I know that sounds crazy, but it actually kind of sort of means something in the long run as well. Let's move on to your third and final pick, Mr. Williams, because this is something I've been meaning to bring up for a little while. We like to bring up old takes every now and again. When I say we, I mean me. Most of the time, I'll even bring up some of my own bad takes, but I believe we had a Danny Dimes appreciation fest on an early episode of Balls and Brew, and you were talking up this New York Giants football team that looks absolutely terrible now. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say for yourself and for this game here as your final pick. <laughs> yeah, we ripped on Freddie Kitchens. More so, it was ripping on Freddie Kitchens last year or two years ago when he was a head coach. He's actually not terrible as an OC, but as a head coach, you know some of his – 
some of his game management decisions were just terrible. But yeah, the reason why we're talking about the Giants here, and we really haven't talked about them much this year, is they're getting 10 points uh, against the Chargers out in L.A. I'm going to take the Which Giants. Which is insane. I'm with you right there. I'm Just just real quick, I'm with you right <laughs> yeah. there. No, char- nobody should give the Chargers 10 points ever because the Chargers yeah. are such a roller coaster team. Yeah, five out of the six home games for the Chargers this year have been decided by one score, and you can put home games in quotation because right. we both know that there's a lot of New York transplants that live out in L.A., so it's arguably that the Giants are going to have more fans out there than the Chargers. And if you go back to that model from a couple weeks ago, remember it worked pretty well. Teams coming off and against the spread loss versus teams coming off and against the spread win. Those teams tend to cover more often than not uh, more than a 70% clip rate this year. That's That model factors into the Giants this, this week. So uh, Giants plus 10. Yeah, and so the Giants D, five out of their last six games, they've had they've held their opponents to 20 points or less. And now they're getting, getting to play the Chargers without Keenan Allen on the other side. And big Mike Williams might be out also. Uh, and remember, remember last year the the Giants went out to Seattle right about this time last year as double digit uh, dogs and ended up getting the victory. So, uh, not uncommon for the Giants to play well on the road. So I like them here plus ten. All right, I think that's a, like it's a pretty good pick too. As I, I let my thoughts be known there with my uh, Chargers dig, but uh, Chris, I want to ask you a question here. So I gave Mr. Williams a chance to answer for his Danny Dimes love that he threw out earlier this year, and he completely chose to sidestep that. Did you notice that like I did? Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of unacceptable at this point. I mean, you remember that like I do, right? Like, I mean, I I even remember pushing back against him, and he's like, "No, Rod, I'm telling you, he's pretty good." And then, uh, I mean, <laughs> where where are we at now? Not pretty good. I will say this though: I do want the Giants to win because then that puts the Chargers at seven six and gives the Colt even more chance to get into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, Mr. Williams, I mean, I mean, last chance, you know? I mean, am I misremembering the Danny Dimes stuff? Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? You know coloring it a little wrong i mean your last chance here you 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 told people that danny dimes was a future hall of famer didn't you no man he's been hurt i mean uh he's way better fantasy quarterback than regular quarterback so all right that's fair enough that's 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 an app description that's an app description he has not had a good year i i will say that all right well we got your three picks we got the baltimore cleveland game you went with the browns there right yeah, correct. Uh, Browns minus two and a half. All right, and then you got the under twenty-one in the Carolina Atlanta game, and then you're first taking half. first half. Yep, that's right. First half under twenty-one points total, and then you got the Giants minus ten or yeah, plus ten. Which one is it? What the Giants are getting ten, right? Yeah, Giants plus ten. Yep. All right, there we go. All right, so Mr. King, then we got your we got your prop in the Baltimore Cleveland game. We got your prop in the Bills Bucks game, and your prop in the final game. And I guess you're getting a prop in this game because there's no earthly reason to watch it other than that. <laughs> right. Let's 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 give some of these teams some love, and it's it's the Saints and the Jets. And listen, I am a Taysom Hill fan. I watched him play for many years now, and the kid plays with heart, but. Yeah, that's when you were doing tile out, uh, out there when he was playing his college ball, right? That's when you were grouting tile. Uh, there, among other things, I was in, I installed many different types of flooring. We'll just put it that way. Um, but I don't see him getting over 187 and a half passing yards. Uh, the Jets have looked decent at times. Uh, maybe not a whole game, but at times. Um, I think they can play pretty well. I know Taysom Hill is going to run 
more because he's going to have to to stay alive. And I don't see him getting over that 187.5 passing yards. So I'd take the under, and that's minus 115 at DraftKings. What Mr. Williams just said there about Danny Dines as well sort of applies to Taysom Hill except for one negative factor, right? Like he would have had a good fantasy game for somebody who would have played him last week if not for the four picks. You know what I mean? You get so many yeah. negative points for the four picks that it just wasn't there. Yeah, no. You can't throw – you can't turn the ball over. But, I mean, getting a rushing – you know, those rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, you know? I mean, Mr. Williams, are our, our, our interceptions is a killer in your league. Yeah, they're minus two in our league also, and uh, I like that. I like that prop by Chris because uh, Deontay Harris is out for uh, the Saints, and it seemed like once uh, uh, the Hill got the injury to his middle finger, they just they just decided to scrap the the passing plays and just decided for him to run the ball a ton in the second half. So I get they got Kamara back this week, so I think they're just going to run the heck out of the ball against the Jets here. So I like that uh, underpassing prop for uh, for Hill. All right, you like that prop? Chris hopes that his props will pay off this week. We uh we get adversarial on this podcast sometimes, but all in good fun. And so this week for my outright upset pick, the Hot Rod Upset Special, I'm going right in Chris's kitchen. Give me the Washington Football Team over the Dallas. Cowboys. Why? I'm just going to play on recent history here. The Washington football team made the playoffs last year to everybody's chagrin, right? They had Alex Smith on a completely repaired leg. He then couldn't play most of the playoff game. The skins were still there. They won games nobody expected them to win. They made the playoffs. Looks like Ron Rivera might have the Redskins on the way to doing that again. And what else do the Cowboys do in recent history? Lose football games that mean something to them and are big football games. Not big playoff games because they don't play many of those recently, but big regular season games. The Cowboys choke. Give me the Washington football team. Mr. King, your retort. I got lots of things to say here. Um, I do think that line that they have it at is at four and a half points is a bit high. Um, however, I think Dallas wins this game. Um, a few reasons. Uh, the biggest is Washington does not score that many points. They have scored a hundred less points than what uh, the Cowboys have this year. Um, they have given up almost 100 more points than what the Cowboys – or not 100, but uh, 45 more points than what the Cowboys have this year. I just Wait a minute. Not 100, but 45? What kind of rounding up are you doing on some of your numbers? <laughs> hey, I caught my own mistake. Relax. <laughs> and I, I got a little bit of a hot take. I know a lot of people like Rivera. I know he's the gambler. I just see him as a future Steve Fisher. Wow, look at just going old college basketball reference. Just showing your age right there. Steve Fisher. I wonder how many of the kids out there know what you're talking about here with the Steve Fisher reference. I know Mr. Williams <laughs> does because you're right in his kitchen with college basketball. And he's going to come on here in a second. But I wonder how many other people when Chris said Steve Fisher knew what he was talking about, Mr. Williams. <laughs> yeah, probably not too many. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I think the four and a half is is a bit too high, but uh, Dallas is getting healthy on the defensive side of the football. Uh, this one's this one's tough, man. I could see it going either way. So my outright upset pick is not too crazy in your eyes this week, huh? Kind of like my one last week where I said Jacksonville is going to beat the Rams. <laughs> yeah, that one was a little out there, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think Washington's been playing pretty well lately, and 
Yeah, anything can happen in these uh, in these NFC East rivalry games. All right. Well, you 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 won your upset pick last week. It was not as crazy as mine. Do you have one this week, Mister Williams? I don't see a ton of value on the board here. I thought I really thought about taking the Jets, um, but with Kamara back, I don't like that one as much. So I actually have a future uh, kind of plus odds pick here. I love futures. As you know, the actual only bet I have made any time in the last two years since we have done this gambling podcast are three future NBA bets. Yeah, and this one one might be surprising to both of you. I'm going to go Ravens to miss the playoffs at plus 350. You tipped your hand on this a little bit earlier. You tipped your hand on this a little bit earlier, but I kind of like that bet, I guess, right now because I think – I heard Bill Simmons say this real quick. Let me me just say this, Mr. Williams, and then you can go. At some point in the NFL, you reach a tipping point with injuries, and the Ravens could be there. Yeah, and (laughs) the one thing you don't don't want your coach to say at the end of the game is – yeah, we basically went for two because we didn't have any corners left, and like that's that's really not great. Uh, when uh, when when you got a schedule like the Ravens coming up, take take a look at the schedule. You face Cleveland, um, that's just a terrible spot for them and a great spot for Cleveland coming off the bye. But then the next three games after that, listen to these offenses versus Green Bay at Cincinnati and versus the Rams, and then you close the season out versus. The Steelers, which could be Big Ben's last game ever. So that's a tough schedule. God, here. we can only hope. We can only hope that's Big Ben's last <laughs> game ever. That's a tough schedule, man. And I think plus 350 is some good value there. The Ravens just seem lost. Uh, smoke and mirrors earlier in the year. They were a one seed a couple weeks ago, and they could. I, I think they could miss the playoffs. Wow, Chris, you were talking Lamar Jackson up earlier, and here Mr. Williams coming out and saying, nah, Chris doesn't know what he's talking about. I think the Ravens are going to really start choking on their own their own applesauce. And I agree with that, actually. I don't like the Ravens much the rest of this year. But you you tell, tell give Ravens fans one last ditch of hope here before we say goodbye. I mean, that the thing that hurts the Ravens the most is that they're literally, I think, one and two in uh, their uh, their division there. And Cincinnati's three and one. So, like, if they end up with the same record, Cincinnati's going to have that tiebreaker. Um, but so there you go, Ravens fans. That's some hope. What are we talking <laughs> about here? Come on. But I still have faith in Lamar Jackson. I already. So took you're him basically just over. saying in Lamar we trust. That's basically what you're saying. You, here. That, you got to right now. You got to give him the ball. You got to watch him make plays, and you, he's going to have to outscore the other team's offense. And he has the talent to do it. All right, there we go. Mr. Williams, any final words before we say goodbye on this? Uh, hopefully Jimmy's wonderful editing will make no one ever seem, but we had a we had a bit of a recording issues as we went along on this one. Any last words? Uh, I mean, the NFL should have flexed out Bears and Packers, but that's that's pretty obvious. I wondered if that was going to come up. That's how, <laughs> that's so why I went to you. That's why I, I love that we now know every, we know the tendencies. I knew that's where you would go. I mean, come on. Who wouldn't want to watch, uh, you know, San Fran at Cincy instead? You know, two teams playing for their for their playoff lives and two. Hey, wait of, a minute! Wait a minute! What did you just say? Uh, okay, so the team out west coming coming east playing against Cincinnati. It's a rematch of the '81 Super Bowl and the '88 Super Bowl. Both teams fighting for their lives for a playoff spot. Both fun offenses too. Who wouldn't want to watch that instead of? We get it. That's the longest rivalry in, in NFL history. We get it. 
but the Bears stink, and they don't deserve to be on primetime. And the Bears have another primetime game after this against the Vikings. Oh, the Vikings. The Vikings just lost to the Lions. That game better uh, be flexed out. No, it's Monday night. It can't be flexed out. So you know who's who's probably flexing out of that? The Manning brothers. They're probably flexing out of that game. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You know what else you just did? Oh, excuse me. Go ahead, Chris. I was going to say that Cincinnati game, though, that makes me want to do the icky shuffle. Yeah, see, I was about to go there as well. You know what you just did, Mr. Williams? At the beginning of this podcast, I made a reference to Home Alone, and you just brought up the Super Bowl between the Bengals and the Niners, which has the famous scene where Joe Montana gets in the huddle before the big game-winning drive, and he says, hey, that's John Candy over there. Oh, man, yeah, it's great. It's it's great. Who? Yeah, and, and you could have had – do it would have worked out perfectly because you got Chris Collinsworth calling the game in Cincinnati. Like I can't believe the NFL dropped the ball on that. But if you want to talk about Super Bowl, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but we all know where we're headed for the Super Bowl. We all know we are headed with Brady v. Belichick. Come on, you know that's where we're headed. That's going to give the conspiracy theorists so much stuff to talk about because of course the nfl wants brady versus belichick in the super bowl and if we're not headed there we're headed to packers v patriots and then that's going to be oh my god aaron Rodgers is a diva and has behaved abhorrently this year but he might be the nfl mvp and is playing in the super bowl oh, yep. man, if the packers make the super bowl that's just yuck yeah, that, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like, you can't deny Aaron Rodgers' play on the on the field, but, like, you just think to yourself, man, yuck with Aaron Rodgers is just a great description of it, Mr. Williams. Uh, I'm kicking myself, too, because, like, when the Pats were, like, one and four, I was thinking about betting them against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I didn't pull the trigger, so kicking myself right now. All right, good odds on that. Well, let's uh, let's get out of here before we have any more issues. A lively balls and brew, as always. Thank you so much to all of you out there for listening. Thank you so much to Mr. Jim Riska for producing. Mr. Williams, thank you for your wonderful handicapping, as always. Mr. King, you're the best. I'll let you get back to your Kenosha kickers practice. What's the final word? Goodbye, Internet.